This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. The NFL Draft has been in the books one week, and here at Saturday to Sunday, we are still Wire to wire, recapping everything that took place. Kind of a week to kind of process and digest everything. If you've been following me on Twitter, I've been putting my quick hitting thoughts team by team, division by division on favorite picks, most value picks, questionable picks, a little recap, but also going to turn that into podcasts where I could elaborate and expand on my quick hitting thoughts that I put out there on Twitter. We are going to have eight mini podcasts recapping every team's NFL draft. We'll do division by division, and that will take us over the next two weeks or so. And then we will do a 2022 rookie mock draft, and then we will start bringing on some of the best in the industry to recap what transpired draft weekend, pushing it forward to rookie drafts and First year expectations and stuff like that. So a lot coming down the pike here at Saturday, Sunday, but we're going to get right into it tonight. We're going to be recapping the NFC West. We'll go through alphabetical order. So, so kind of let's get right into this Arizona Cardinals. Second round, they trade their first round pick and for Marquise Brown, and they also received the third round pick back. And then their draft hall was In the second round, they took Colorado State tight end Trey McBride. In the third round, they took San Diego State edge rusher Cam Thomas. Also in the third round, they took Cincinnati edge rusher Majai Sanders. In the sixth round, then, they took USC running back Keontae Ingram. Also in the sixth round, Virginia Tech offensive guard Lasisha Smith. In the seventh round, uh, they took Valdosta State cornerback Christian Matthew. Also in the seventh round, Penn State linebacker Jesse Lucetta. And then also in the seventh round, Oklahoma offensive guard, Marquise Hayes. My favorite pick from that group to me was Cam Thomas, the player in the third round. Really good college production. I think he could be a guy that could develop into a starter for them off the edge. My favorite value pick was Jesse Lucetta in the seventh round. I picked 256. This is a guy who... I thought could have been on the border of late round three, but if not, definitely the early, early portion of day three in round four, he falls all the way to pick 256. I also think Marquise Hayes, the offensive guard out of Oklahoma. This is a guy who I know Dame Brugler was very high on. I thought he could have went, you know, early fourth round as well. So they got two guys in the seventh round who I thought could have went in the early portion of round four. I like Keontae Ingram. I think he could outplay that round six position a lot. You know, so to me, the biggest question mark I thought was was Trey McBride and uh, my Jay Sanders. I thought they could have pivoted to a different position instead of Trey McBride. They just re-signed Zach Ertz to a three-year deal, even if he plays two of those years. They brought back Max Williams. I thought they maybe could have got another receiver there or... I thought maybe they could have pivoted to a different position. I thought the Trey McBride was a little bit of a luxury pick and and they don't really have, I think the luxury, they have holes on their roster, you know, and McBride sitting there as tight end two or, or tight end three even to start the year. 
seems a little bit puzzling. I like the player. I didn't like him as much as some people. So that, that was weird. And then I think Cam Thomas, I didn't think they had a double dip at edge rusher. I think they could have went wide receiver there, especially at the time we didn't know about the, you know, DeAndre Hopkins suspension that was looming. Obviously that came out after the fact. So I think even at that pick 100 round three, when I took Sanders, they could have taken a wide receiver there. I do like the trade of Marquise Brown. I know some people thought they overpaid, but they did get back a third round pick guys. When you think about how much it value a third round pick has in the NFL draft, like really good players sometimes get traded for a third round. So it wasn't just pick 23 for Marquise Brown. It was Marquise Brown and they got back a third round pick. So, I mean, you know, that they ended up using, I think it was the one they ended up using on Sanders, but they did get back a third round pick, you know, with, you know, with Marquise Brown, for that pick at 23, there was nobody there. If they were going to pivot to wide receiver, they were going to either have to push somebody like Sky Moore or Christian Watson or, you know, John Mechie. Like, there was just nobody there at pick 23. So, like, they wanted a receiver. They got a guy who Kyler Murray has chemistry with, played in college with. So, I, I, I don't mind the Marquise Brown. They still have his fourth year plus the fifth year option. So, they got two years before, you know, Real big money would come into play. We got the Hopkins suspension, but I still think their pass catcher short. You know, they lost basically Marquise Brown is just really replacing Christian Kirk. And then they still haven't, you know, they still got to offset the loss of Nuke Hopkins. So I think that's the one thing that I think they could have been a little bit more aggressive at the wide receiver position. If we take this next to the Los Angeles Rams, the Los Angeles Rams didn't have a lot of picks. Obviously, they trade away a lot of their picks for veterans. They didn't have a first or second round pick, but I mean, that was because they got Matthew Stafford and and you know, and they trade made other veteran trades during the year. But when they did make the picks in round three, uh, they took Wisconsin offensive guard Logan Bruss in the fourth round. They took South Carolina State, uh, the Kobe Durant cornerback in the fifth round. They took Notre Dame running back Kyron Williams. In the sixth round, they took UCLA safety Quinton Lake. Also in the sixth round, Georgia quarterback Darion Kendrick. In the seventh round, they had three picks. They took Montana State linebacker Daniel Hardy, Kansas State safety Russ Yeast, and Michigan State offensive tackle A.J. Okuri. If you just look at the picks themselves, you know, the lack of picks, again, like I said, was due to the Stafford and Von Miller deals, which obviously they have no regret. They won a Super Bowl, but... And the Rams have done a good job finding functional role players and their starters in the mid rounds. I think they did again with a couple picks. I think Logan Bruss is a guy who is going to kick from tackle to guard in the NFL. I think he could become a starting guard on this team. I also think uh, Kyron Williams could be like a James White type player in the backfield and be a functional part of their offense. So I, I like those two picks. I think Durant could give them some depth at the cornerback position. I think same thing with Quinton Lake at the. Uh, you know, at the safety position. But then after that, I, their seventh round picks, I'm just kind of nitpicking. I, I thought there was better value on the board for a team that wasn't really looking to get guys probably to stash in their taxi squad because they didn't have a lot of earlier picks. So that was probably the thing that I questioned the most, their seventh round picks. I thought my favorite pick was probably Karen Williams. I know he didn't test well, but I still think he could be, he's one of the best pass protecting running backs in this draft class. He's a great pass catcher I think he could have a role on this offense we still can make her struggle a little bit I think he'll be once he gets his legs back underneath him recovering from that Achilles tendon injury I think he'll be fine but 
you know, we don't know how long, you know, Henderson's going to be there for, and Kyron Williams could play a specific role there in that backfield. So I think he can become, like I said, a functional James White type of player for the Rams. I think Logan Bruss can become a starting offensive guard on that interior line. And I like some of the depth they got at the secondary with Durant, a quarterback and Lake at safety, obviously missing their early picks that they traded for a lot of veterans. That's just the kind of way they go about doing their business. If we just keep this going, next up is the 49ers. The 49ers did not have a first-round pick due to the Trey Lance trade. Obviously, that was a big, big investment last year. cost them three first-round picks. They don't have their first-round pick next year either. But we will wait and see on that. You know, we can't make judgment on that just yet. We'll Once we start seeing Trey Lance, we'll see if that was worth it. But in this draft, at pick uh, in the second round of pick 61, they took USC edge rusher Drake Jackson. There was some buzz that he could have snuck into back in the round one late in the draft process, but that was more of the appropriate spot for him in the, the late part of second round. In the third round, uh, late in the third round, pick 93, they took LSU running back Tyrion Davis-Price. Also in the third round, we're one of the compensatory picks. They take SMU wide receiver Danny Gray. In the fourth round, they take... Uh, UT San Antonio offensive tackle, Spencer Burford. In the fifth round, Toledo cornerback, Sam Womack. In the sixth round, Fordham offensive tackle, Nick Zakaley. In the sixth round, Central Florida defensive tackle, Kalia Davis. Also in the sixth round, Penn State cornerback, Tariq Castro-Fields. And last pick of the draft, it took Iowa State quarterback, Brock Purdy. So 49ers, again, can't judge them by not having a first-round pick. But the jury's still out on the Trey Lance thing. But from the picks they made... I love the Jackson pick. They add to a strength, which is already a strength in terms of their pass rush. I think Drake Jackson could be a guy that could become a 10-sack guy in the NFL. I like his get-off. I like his his pass rush ability. So I think continuing to make sure they love drafting pass rushers, continue to make sure that is a strength and they're building upon that strength. I like the Danny Gray pick. You know, I think it was Dame Brewer who first said it, but I think it really fits. He could be this draft class's, you know, Darnell Mooney. So I think Danny Gray's a guy who could definitely be a guy, especially if Debo Samuel ends up being traded at some point. I think there could be a bigger role for Danny Gray if Debo's there. Obviously, I think Debo and Brendan Ayuk are where the targets with George Kittle will start with. But I think Danny Gray could be a really good functional third wide receiver, which is basically like a starter at some times in the NFL. So I think Drake Jackson could eventually be a really good edge uh, edge rusher. I think Danny Gray could be a guy that could take the top off defenses, but you could also use him in other ways with his ability after the catch. Uh, I like some of their late round picks. I think Spencer Burford on Dave Bree is a good developmental tackle. I think I like the Tariq Castro Fields pick. I think he's a guy who could have went fourth round and nobody would have been that surprised. They added a developmental offensive tackle, you know, in Nick Zakele out of Fordham. Uh, to me, the biggest question of a move that they had was drafting Tyrion Davis Price. First off, the value seemed way off. He seemed like a guy who was probably going to be like a fifth or a sixth round type player. And he ended up going in the third round. He's more of a gap power gap run scheme runner, and that's not what San Francisco does. Uh, they did this last year with Trey Sermon, and we gave him the benefit of doubt. And Sermon was a much better collegiate player than Tyrion Davis Price, and it just didn't work out. So that's the pick that really I question the most. I think the the value on Drake Jackson was good, considering there was some buzz that he could have went late round one or early round two. So I think that's the best value in the picks. And then Danny Gray was my favorite pick because I do think he could have the most impact in this class if he becomes a Darnell Mooney type player. And with the uncertainty of Debo Samuel, I think Danny Gray is a guy 
who really uh, could find his way into value on this team. If we keep it going, next up is the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks, I thought, had a really strong draft when push comes to shove. Obviously, they got they lost their first round pick in the Jamal Adams trade, which was a, a, a severe overpay. They got their first, they got a first round pick back from the Denver Broncos in the Russell Wilson trade with other draft capital as well. Uh, in the first round of pick nine, they took Mississippi State offensive tackle Charles Cross. In the second round, they took Minnesota edge Boye Mafe. In the second round, they also took Michigan State running back Kenneth Walker. In the third round, they took Washington State offensive tackle Abe Lucas. In the fourth round, they took Cincinnati quarterback Kobe Bryant. In the fifth round, they took UT San Antonio quarterback Tariq Woolen. In the fifth round, they took Ohio State edge Tyreek Smith. In the seventh round, they took Rutgers wide receiver Bo Melton. And also in the seventh round, they took Lenore Ryan wide receiver Derek Young. When I look at this class, I really, really like what they did. My only, my questionable pick would be Kenneth Walker. I just thought they had bigger needs with Chris Carson and Rashad Penny still on the roster. And I know there's uncertainty about Carson and his health. And Penny just came back on a one-year deal. But I, I thought pick 41 was a little rich for them. But listen, we know who the Seahawks are. We know what they want to do. Kenneth Walker was the second best running back in the class. So I get it. But I still think it's the most questionable decision they made. My favorite picks were the boy Mafe pick and the Charles Cross. I thought Charles Cross, if he went to the Giants at five or seven, I would have been a little disappointed if it was over Evan Neal or, you know, or Iggy Kanwu. But when he went to nine, I thought he was the clear best player left on the board is a guy who is a natural left tackle, really good footwork. And I love the player. A little bit questionable at the fit because the one question mark about Charles Cross is his play strength and holding up the point of attack in the run game. And we know Seattle wants to do that. So that's a question mark. But in terms of just the talent alone, I was a big fan of the talent. A uh, boy, Mafe, I thought was a guy who, who should have been in the conversation to go late round one. I think he's got some of the best get off and explosion and bend in this class. So I think he's a really good, he was a really good pick there. Uh, value picks. I think they had three of them that I really liked. I liked the Kobe Bryant in the fourth round. I thought he could have went in the middle of round three and it wouldn't have been a surprise. I think he could become a starter. The Tariq Woolen in the fifth round after the combine and, and stuff. There was talk that this guy might not get out of round two or round three. He falls all the way to round five. Prototypical length, athleticism. Seattle loves that in their cornerbacks. I, honestly, I think Kobe Bryant or Tariq Woolen, I'd be stunned if one of them didn't become a starter sooner rather than later. And and who knows? Maybe they hit the jackpot and find a pair of cornerback starters on day three. I do think Kobe Bryant and Tariq Woolen, I'd be surprised if one didn't become a starter and the other one a valuable backup. And I wouldn't be surprised if both became starters down the line. Uh, both were thought to go much higher. And I also love Bo Melton. If, if Valus Jones is going pick 71 in the third round, I don't know how Bo Melton is going at pick 229. There is not much of a disparity between them. I think I actually preferred Bo Melton. And the fact that Valus Jones went in the third round of pick 71 and Bo Melton went in the seventh round pick 222 just doesn't make a lot of sense. I think Bo Melton could be a starting slot and the offensive weapon used in a variety of ways. So I really like all those value picks. I, I like Cross and Mafe a lot. I, even Abe Lucas, I think he can be a guy that it's not impossible if one of these guys can become a right tackle that Cross and Lucas can be two starting tackles down the line for the Seahawks. You know, we'll see. They both come from pass-oriented offenses, so I think that's uh, something to kind of wait and see. But but I really like what the Seahawks did. Usually they go off the beaten paths, and most people don't really like their drafts, but I, I was a big fan of their draft. Obviously, they don't have Russell Wilson anymore, so that 
that dings them a little bit in terms of, you know, that's why they have this extra draft capital. But in terms of what they did with the picks, I was a big fan of what the Seahawks did. So there it is, guys. Quick pod recapping the NFC West, the Cardinals, the Rams, the 49ers, and the Seahawks. I think if I was going to say collectively my favorite draft class would be Seattle would probably be my favorite, followed by Arizona 2, followed by the 49ers 3, and then followed by the Cardinals 4th. If you take the Marquise Brown in there, maybe that pushes the the Cardinals kind of push over the Rams. Uh, But then for the Rams, you also got to count the fact that Stafford and Von Miller, you know, helped them win the Super Bowl. Stafford's still their franchise quarterback. So it's always hard when when you're dealing with a little bit less picks and the trades are are kind of complicated because they're not just one for one. They could have happened a couple years ago or or previous year. Uh, But I think in terms of just the draft picks, Seattle was my favorite. Um, and then probably San Francisco, uh, you know, but even then they didn't have a first round pick either. So it, it's really tough to me. Seattle was the clear favorite in there. And then all the other teams kind of were dealing with a lack of picks uh, due to some trades that they made. So there it is, guys. My quick hitting thoughts on every team in the NFC West. Uh, I think the jury is out. I think the Rams are clearly the team to beat. I think Seattle's going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. I think the 49ers are still going to be very good. And I think the Cardinals are also going to be in the mix to be a playoff team. And, and they're kind of feeling the pressure to go all in. But the, the DeAndre Hopkins suspension, I think, is going to hinder their ability there a little bit uh, in, in terms of, you know, Get winning as many games maybe during the regular season. I think they find a way into the playoffs, but they're probably going to be in that like five, six, seven range. Uh, I don't see them on the level of the Rams, and I don't even see them on the level of the 49ers. If, if Trey Lance could be the guy that, that Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers brass thinks he can be, but we'll see. Interesting draft teams there draft classes to break down from each of the teams in the nfc west i'll be back on the next podcast breaking down the nfc east uh breaking down what those teams did as well team by team favorite pick value pick questionable picks overall thoughts on the draft class so on behalf of our sound tech engineer david nicano and myself thank you for joining us and i look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.